Welcome back everyone to Tour Today Ministries and our series, Pardon My Jargon, Correcting Our Religious Lingo. And today we're going to look at one of the most misunderstood terms and yet one of the most important terms that is used in the scriptures and in our everyday language, and that is the word Christ. I often like to ask my evangelical friends what the term Christ means. If I ask them about Jesus, they can tell me all kinds of things about him. But then I ask, well, what does the term Christ mean? What does that word mean? Uh, Often they'll say, well, that means Savior, and they do it with kind of a question in their voice because they're not sure. I've had one person tell me, I think it's Jesus' last name. But uh, many of them will say, well, I means anointed, and that is correct. But then I ask them, what does it mean to be anointed? What's the significance of that? Why is it so important that the English translations refer to Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed, or Christ Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus? What does anointing mean? So let's take a look at this. We're going to look at the scriptures and we're going to realize what this term really signified in the minds of the first century believers. And if we begin to use the non-religious term for what Christ means instead of the word Christ, it's going to make a big difference in the way we think about our Savior and Messiah, Yeshua. So let's get started. Here are two terms, a Greek term on the left and a Hebrew term on the right, and these are ones you're probably familiar with. On the left is the word Christos, which means Christ. That's where we get the word christen. When we christen, uh, in some churches they christen children, um, a new ship before it's launched, it's christened with a bottle of champagne. So christening comes from this word Christos, which means to anoint. The Hebrew equivalent is the word Mashiach. That's where we get our word Messiah. Mashiach comes from the Hebrew verb Mashach, to anoint. And it's a word you find frequently in the Hebrew scriptures. So Christos and Mashiach mean exactly the same thing. One is simply the Greek, the other is the ancient Hebrew. Now, Who was anointed in Scripture? Who received this anointing? And we'll talk about what that's the significance of that. Well, first of all, I want you to know you find the word Messiah or Mashiach many times in the Hebrew Scriptures. When we think of Mashiach, Messiah, we think of one individual, and that's Yeshua, because he is indeed Ha-Mashiach, the Messiah, the Messiah of all Messiahs. Just as uh, we talk about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's the, the anointed of all the anointed. And, but first of all, we can see there are several people, kings in the scriptures, who were called Mashiach. For example, in 1 Samuel 24, you may remember the story where David snuck into the cave where Saul was sleeping and he cut off a corner of his robe and then later used us to prove to Saul that I could have killed you, but I didn't. And it brought Saul to repentance. So anyways, after he cut off the, uh, the corner of Saul's robe, it says in verse 5, And afterward David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, Adonai forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, 
Adonai's Mashiach. I put anointed here, but down here I just go ahead and translate it literally as Mashiach, but they're exactly the same word in both sentences. To put out my hand against him, seeing he is Adonai's Mashiach. Again, same word. I'm just rendering it in, in English and then it's in its Hebrew pronunciation. Then in verse 10, again, David says, Behold, this day your eyes have seen that Adonai had given you, Saul, today into my hand in the cave. And some said to kill you, but my eye had pity on you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is Adonai's Mashiach. Now, is the Bible teaching us here that Saul is the Messiah? No. It's just simply saying that he is God's anointed, because kings were anointed. If they weren't anointed, they weren't king. In fact, David was anointed twice in his life, once as a uh, as a young man when Samuel came to his home and anointed him, uh, kind of in secret there in the house. And then later after Saul's death, when all of Israel came together at Hebron to publicly anoint him as king, he was anointed twice as king, once in a hidden way, once in an open way. Think about that and what that means. In Exodus 28:41, we come to instructions concerning the Kohanim, the priest, and Aaron and his sons. And it says in chapter 28, verse 41, And you shall put them on Aaron, your brother, the, the clothing, that is, and on his sons with him, and shall anoint them. You shall mashach them, and ordain them, and consecrate them, that they may serve me as priest. So priests, likewise, were anointed. And in 1 Kings 19, verse 16, it says, And Yehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king, uh, king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Avomechola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So we see that kings are anointed, priests are anointed, and prophets are anointed. And when we think about Yeshua, we know that he is a prophet because in Deuteronomy, Moses said that God will someday send you a prophet like me and you will heed his voice. So Yeshua very definitely operated in the role of prophet. Is he a priest? Yes, and the book of Hebrews describes how he's a priest, not after the order of Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek, which is a subject for another teaching. And king, absolutely. Yeshua is our king. Now, when we look at how the word Messiah or Christos is used in scripture, we're going to find it used interchangeably with the word king. Because when a Jew or a Hebrew thinker hears the word anointed, they may think prophet and they may think priest, but predominantly, primarily they're going to think king. When you refer to the anointed, to one who is Christos, one who is Mashiach, you think king. That is the word that comes to mind first and foremost. And that is how it is used in the Greek scriptures. Let's look at some examples. In Matthew 2, verses 1 to 4, this is the story of shortly after Yeshua's birth, sometime in the first two years of his life, 
the Magi come to, to pay homage to him. And in the opening of Matthew 2, it says, Now after Yeshua was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, a wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So they use the term king. These are Gentiles. So they wouldn't have used the term Messiah. They used the term king. And it go, they it continue speaking. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, now Herod was partially Jewish. His family history was intermarried with the Jews, but Herod considered himself king of the Jews. He was a little upset about these men coming to anoint another king. But listen to what he says. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Mashiach, the Messiah, was to be born. So these magi from the east refer to this this new child as the king, but the more or less Jewish Herod refers to him as the Messiah because king and Mashiach are interchangeable terms when it comes to Hebraic thinking. Let's look at another place. In Matthew 27, verse 11, Now Yeshua stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Now this governor is Pilate, Are you the king of the Jews? Yeshua said, You've said so. You've said it. Now, I want you to notice in this chapter, in chapter 27, which covers the trial and the crucifixion of Yeshua, that the Gentiles predominantly refer to him using the term king. But the Jews mockingly will generally generally refer to him as Messiah. Again, interchangeable terms, but as with the Magi and with Herod, the Jews use the term they're familiar with, which is Mashiach, Messiah, and the Gentiles use the term that they're most familiar with, and that's the word king. So let's continue in Matthew 27. We've seen that Pilate is talking to Yeshua and asking him if he's the king. Now it says, Pilate, now Pilate is addressing Jews who are surrounding there, I should say congregating there, uh, to ask for Pilate to crucify Yeshua. So when Pilate addresses the Jews, look what he says. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Yeshua, who is called Messiah? So he's using the term that he knows the Jews would be most familiar with, the word Messiah. Even though when talking to Yeshua uh, previously, he uses the term king, the term that Pilate is comfortable with. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Yeshua who is called Messiah? Now as we go on, in verse 29, it says, And twisting together a crown of thorns, they, these are Roman soldiers, Gentiles, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They don't refer to him as Messiah. That's a Jewish term. They're using a term that Gentiles are used to using. Gentiles refer to their kings as kings. But Jews refer to their king as the Mashiach, the anointed, as David did with Saul. 
In verse 37, Pilate has a sign put over Yeshua's cross and says, And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Yeshua, the King of the Jews. Now, why didn't Pilate put Mashiach, since most of the people reading the sign would probably be Jews? I think at this point, Pilate's just totally fed up with the whole thing. He did not want to crucify Yeshua. His wife had warned him, uh, because she in turn had been warned in a dream, not to do anything to this man. So Yeshua, I'm sorry, Pilate washed his hands of the situation. And so on the sign, he's just going to go ahead and use the term he wants to use. And that's the term king. And besides that, I think that when Yeshua stood before Pilate, Pilate saw true kingship, true royalty, something regal about this, this man of God, this anointed son of God. But let's go on a bit further. Matthew 27, verses 41 to 42. So Yeshua is on the cross, and it says, So also the chief priest with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. But Mark's gospel, which is believed to be older, renders that passage this way. Let, they're, they're mocking. They say, let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. So the point of these passages is to show you that this word Christ that we see in our English Bibles is the word Messiah in Hebrew. But how was the term Messiah perceived in the Jewish mindset? as king, king, he's the king. So let me challenge you with something. Whenever you're reading the Gospels, reading the New Testament scriptures, and you come to the term Christ Jesus, think King Jesus, King Yeshua. Or when you see Jesus Christ, think Yeshua the King. Yeshua the King. You know, when we use the term Christ, as most Christians do, not knowing what it signifies, then it doesn't carry weight with them. I, at least it's not a weight that they recognize and understand. They just look at Christ as a title that belongs only to Jesus, whatever that title means. They know it's something wonderful, something good. But we should read the scriptures with understanding, knowing that when they referred to Yeshua, they were calling him King. In every place you see Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, it's King Yeshua, Yeshua the King. I think if you begin to think of this term in this way, in its true meaning, it'll change the way you read the scriptures. It'll change the way you think about Yeshua. Because it's so easy to think of Yeshua, born in the manger. Yeshua, the suffering Lamb of God. But we must realize that the writers of the Gospels are calling him King. And in Revelation, we see our King returning, not as the Lamb, but as the Lion. If we begin to think of Yeshua more as a King, 
we're going to begin to realize a king is to be honored. A king is to be feared. A king is to be obeyed. A king is to be served. But with the term Christ, which is vague in the minds of most Christians, it doesn't carry those connotations with it. So I, again, I challenge you. Let's start honoring and serving and obeying our King Yeshua. And so, until the next episode, I'm not sure what term we'll cover next time, but um, this episode goes with the previous one, number six, which is the word Christian, Christian. So it seemed only appropriate to follow that up with the word Christ. So I hope it's been a blessing to you. So until next time, I wish you blessings and shalom. That's all I have to say.